Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and we have our first football game. Well, hey, you're probably listening to this. This could be, if you're in America, well then the game is today. If you're in the UK, Ireland, Europe, whatever, it's 12am on Saturday. I ran a poll on the group account just asking how many people are going to stay up for it and 51% of people said they were going to watch it and that's kind of across both sides of the pond. Uh, so people no likey the preseason game, and I guess why. Look, it's been ages. It seems like ages anyway since I went and did a podcast about something that's topical. So I think the last one was about uh, Rockwood Lodge that burned down. The other one that was released a couple of days ago was giving away the all expenses paid trip uh, to Lambeau Field, which is just ridiculous. And again, if you want to get in on the action for that, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. I'll be doing it again next year. But if you get onto the Lambeau tier now, you'll get a an entry for every month that you're part of it and I'll be doing probably the redraws um, on a monthly basis so that you can see if you're in the draw um, aside from that then there's a merch unboxing coming uh, which is good but look there's been so much that I wanted to actually talk about and I had like so much stuff down in notes and I was trying to get on the podcast and I got dangerously ill for a while what was me so I think the last time I was on I was saying I had man flu but it ended up getting worse uh, which wasn't great so I'm just kind of trying to get back to normal. So, I mean, there's an awful lot of stuff that we missed. And dare I mention his name? Uh, do I, it's like Voldemort, do I whisper it? Aaron Rodgers. Don't mention that lad. doesn't play for the Packers anymore. Um, but I guess we have to mention him. Look, since we've been sort of chatting, there's been... I'm sorry about the squeaky chair if you can hear it. If you can't, then I'm just talking nonsense. Um, just talking nonsense anyway. Uh, you know, Rodgers came out and apparently he texted Love, telling him to be himself and all that kind of stuff. That was classy. That was classy. You know, I'm always one to sort of criticise where I think criticise is is due. But the fact that Rogers went and text Love when he didn't have to. And I know the cynics would be like, oh, well, he knew that he'd tell the media. I don't think so. I just think he was being a class act. And it sort of, Aaron Nagler said it actually during the week, is that it's such a noted difference um, in the reception because Favre was sort of fannying and faffing around about coming back. And he didn't help Rogers and that whole famous story. I mean, if you're new to the Packers, when Rodgers was coming in, you know, Favre was saying, it's not my job. It's not my job to train the, the young buck. Uh, whereas Aaron Rodgers seems to have taken sort of a, a more sounder approach, if you will. Um, again, I think it's at this juncture as well. I want to remind you, just a quick reminder, that Aaron Rodgers was 90% going to retire before he found out the Packers were shopping. But anyway, I digress. Um, so yeah, I thought that was class. And Nagler was saying, you know, it's a noted difference how everyone's got behind Jordan Love you know, from the fan base. Because he remembers, like, I think it was family night where he threw a bad pass or whatever um, to Donald Driver, I think. I don't know who it was. Um, and the whole crowd start booing, you know. And just the fact that Jordan Love doesn't have to deal with that is great, um, which I think has really impacted him. But I want to talk about quickly sort of what the expectations I believe are for this preseason game. And it kind of, you know, we can kind of lose the run of ourselves. Uh, but there was other stuff announced, announced in the meantime. Uh, Jordy Nelson, uh, Josh Sitton are going into the Packers Hall of Fame. I know some people remarked that was mentioned a while ago, uh, which it was. Fomation, the crowd, uh, Ralph Bruno and friends um, who did the cheese head. Uh, that company's been acquired by the Packers. 
Which is massive. Because I always found it odd that the Packers moniker, its nickname was Cheesehead. Um, and that comes from, you know, wearing the cheese on the noggin and it was so iconic and they stocked it in the pro shop and all that. So it was obviously a very close relationship there. They brought them over to London and stuff. Um, yet it was still not under their control. And I think as a business, would that not drive you nuts? You know, imagine the UK Packers and we were associated with something. And, you know, now Ralph Bruno obviously had a close relationship with the Packers and it was in his best interest, I guess, to align his interests to the Packers. But at the same time, it was just kind of bizarre that they didn't have control over it. Particularly because we see this big hoopla now, don't we, about Big B uh, coming out and releasing practice footage and the Packers eagle eye in his Twitter feed. Um, Big B makes some mad decisions. And when I look at it, I'm like, God, what are you doing? Um, And then it works out. (laughs) It's just like, God, fair play to you. He's a brave man, Big B. Love the guy. Uh, The stuff he's done, he's he's actually a Patreon as well, which is gas. And I've had some sort of... um, I know what the B stands for in Big B, by the way. Is that a secret? Um, so he's uh yeah, he's a trailblazer by the looks of it because the Packers are starting to release footage now. And I kind of, I, I can't wait. The Packers are annoyed because that was the thing. You really don't realize what kind of regulations are behind some of these things. Now, I know the excuse is, oh, and I don't know where this comes from. Is that, oh, we don't want the footage released because then other teams will be scouting it and all that. And then you're like, well, the other teams could just show up to practice. And see what's happening. And not every practice is broken open to the public. So are they going to put stuff on display knowing they could get exposed in that practice? You know, it's a bit dodge. And then should they do it anyway? And then it's in the collective bargaining agreement and all of this stuff. But look, we spoke to um, Craig Schilber and he does all of the replays and stuff. Um, and there's really strict rules around that. So he can't just go, oh, Jesus, that looks like an incomplete pass and then bangs it up on the screen over and over and over again. There's certain regulations as to how many times he can show it and what he needs to show. Um, and again, we saw with the Dez, did he or didn't he catch it? Uh, Craig Schilber was the one who was putting that up and trying to slow-mo it down for, you know, pushing it to the limits as to what he can and can't do. So I just wonder, is there something behind the scenes like that? But it's never exciting. You know, or sexy when you start getting into world of regulation B4 says. Um, so, look, I get it. And speaking of stuff that is sort of seen differently by the fan base versus, you know, the way it is um, for the people involved. Sean Payton came out and absolutely ripped Nathaniel Hackett, a new bum bum, uh, saying that it was the, the worst coaching job he's ever seen with the Denver Broncos. Now, again, you're sort of thinking, why the hell are we talking about this? But I've got a lot of love for Nathaniel Hackett, I must say. Um, he was a great interview when he was in front of the podium. He was honest. He was funny. He was able to bring the lightness. And I kind of felt bad for him when it went so south in Bronco land. And then, of course, he gets sacked and Sean Payton comes in. And I think this is the case, like, look, as fans and if you're in the media, like Matt Schneidman talks about it a lot, is that he's not a Packers fan. I think he's, what's he from, Buffalo, New York or something? Um, So he doesn't, like, he just covers it from a story. So if it's a really good story, that's what gets him off, as opposed to trying to support the team. Uh, Jason Wildy says he's not a fan. Um, So these guys love a good sporting story. So when it comes to Sean Payton laying waste um, to Nathaniel Hackett's reputation, oh, it's gold for these guys. You know, they love jumping on for fans. It's like, oh, I can't believe he said it. And it gets you talking about a water cooler. However, if you put your sort of, you know, 
yourself in his shoes, how devastating for Nathaniel Hackett. Especially because, you know, these guys just get recycled all the time. It's like coaching recycled. You know, you put them in the, you lay them down by the recycling bin and then someone comes along and takes them and says, yeah, you can be your offensive coordinator. And that's kind of what happened with Nathaniel Hackett. He's went off to the Jets, of course, famously. Um, but it's really bad. I think it's really bad for a coach to come out and, and make that assumption when he wasn't in the building. Now, again, you can say, Steve, he probably has a good barometer as to kind of what went wrong. And then there's all this talk of, oh, maybe he's saying that because he's thinking this year might go bad for him. Um, Sean Payton, that is. And so he's trying to sort of say, oh, well, look at... It's like politicians. They're like, oh, look at the mess the other crowd made. And then they come in and use that as an excuse as to why they have to mop stuff up. And then also, I mean, Russell Wilson came over. They had to rein him in. There was that whole media circus around that. Um, so he's probably trying to rein it in a little bit. But... Yeah, since that happened, just nasty. Um, it's amazing the way some things turn around. And just to show you, life is short. Um, and I know this is out there for a while now, but Jonathan Garvin wished a happy birthday by the uh, social media crew for the Packers. Happy birthday, Jonathan Garvin. And then he was released the same day. Jesus Christ. Happy birthday to the ground, um, as they say. Which is nuts. Anyway, before I get on to the preseason... What I found interesting was, and again, not to get too much into it, but I just found it kind of fascinating, right? Aaron Rodgers went from number three on the NFL Top 100 to 51 this year. And I know some people don't want to talk about it, but it's the first time he was placed outside number 16. Um, And then if you go back and look at 2017, because of injuries and all that jazz, he only played seven games. I think he was number six that year. I think after that he was number eight and then maybe number 16. So it's a bit bonkers that he can't. He doesn't even play half a season and he gets voted higher. Um, and I was just listening to the sound bites from back in 2017 and Bucky Brooks was riding Rogers off at that point. So again, I definitely think there's a podcast in there when the bodies have, you know, cooled as to go back and really subjectively, objectively, I should say, Jesus, he's letting his true colours show um, as to what went on there and sort of look at the decline and the, the ups and downs of it all. But look, let's talk about preseason and let's talk about Jordan Love because everybody is trying to get their two cents in. And what you will find is, and this is a a thing in psychology that I've recently learned. Um, I I think it was Robert Greene, that author who writes about power and strategies and all this type of stuff. You know, he was coming out and sort of saying, look, how you ply your trade and how you hit the big time for stuff, particularly in the media is that you get behind one opinion uh, when it's an adverse opinion or not, and you just ride that thing (laughs) hard into the sunset, right? And once you do that, and if you end up being right and you take that gamble, well, then your credibility as such goes through the ceiling because people are like, oh, this guy said it when no one else believed it, and now look at him. You know, if you were to make that call about running the table or you were to make that call about Tom Brady being one of the best... Or you were to stand up when the Patriots were down so much to the Falcons in the Super Bowl 27-3 and say, the Patriots are going to come back, I know it. Um, Because look, that's why the fascination was with that Packers guy uh, who went viral for taking a video saying, oh, the Lions are celebrating already and Aaron Rodgers has whatever it was, 11 seconds left, lol. He would have got unmercilessly roasted for that and I've been on the receiving end of that because I put out stuff like oh we're going to win this game against the Niners when we should have and we absolutely tanked Um, and if you stick to your guns like that and you make it big 
well then all of a sudden you're in the media everyone wants to talk to you and that's kind of what I, I see an awful lot of that flavour going on with the Jordan Love situation because it's not sound bitey or yummy to turn around and say there's going to be ups and downs you know there's going to be teething issues and we don't know if it's going to work out but the ceiling can be very high yada yada right because people just want to go we don't care because they'll split you into two extreme camps you know you have he's going to be amazing he's going to be a hall of famer here we go they've made the right decision Aaron Rodgers is this Jordan Love is better here we go right and then people are like oh you fool and then they lambast you and then if you end up being right brag it rights forever and vice versa if you want to turn around and say he's trash it's not going to work out uh, and then you're a hero then I don't know amongst two if you're a fan and you're saying stuff like that I get it that you might be trying to you know read between the lines and stuff but there are some fans who are just miserable <laughs> and all they want to do is just uh, bag on the team but let's look at preseason, um, and let's see. So I, I split it into kind of four categories as such of what I'm looking for and what I think the expectation should be in the game. And the first one is that if it isn't a jaw-dropping, unmitigated disaster, well, then it's kind of a success. And so what do I mean by that? Well, look, we can get carried away, as I said, kind of on the two fronts, right? If there's a clutch throw um, and you look at that highlight that we put out from the group account saying, oh, it's so beautiful. That throw to Romeo Dubs, he's in stride at Bengals uh, joint practice and we go bananas over it. And like I've done this thing now from the group account kind of taking the piss where I say Super Bowl confirmed uh, because it just everyone's losing the, the run of themselves, you know. And we might as well just uh, usher in the third Hall of Fame quarterback now and just say, right, it's, it's gay. Like say to Canton, start polishing your bust there. Will you give your bust a good old polishing? Uh, because he's on his way. But then if you see an interception, all of a sudden he's trash. Garbage. Can't read defences. And the world is all but coming to an end. Um, we're going to go winless this season. We might win two games. Um, but I think, look, a, a good throw for me is far more indicative of showing us what type of quarterback he is than when he makes an interception. Because there was an interception at the Bengals camp. And you might say, oh, of course, Steve, yeah, you know, Jordan Love fan club. Here we go. You know, you can't do anything wrong. But... You look at some of these throws and, and Ben Fennell, I think, raised it. Andy Herman raised it on Twitter. Is that that interception, it's not just as black and white as like, oh, well, he made a boneheaded play. Sometimes it's a busted coverage um, or a really good defensive play. Uh, but if you see him making a pinpoint accurate throw, it means he can do it. Um, and it just means that he needs to be more consistent with it. Um, but it's amazing the way if he Aaron Rodgers used to get intercepted. I mean, he's had his fair share of interceptions during the preseason every year, and when it happened to him, it was always oh the defense snagged one off Rodgers, fair play to them. But the minute Love does it, it's a catastrophic failure on offense, and the defense shouldn't be celebrated at all because why would they? It's the offense is it's going to be all bad from here on in. Um, but look, good ball placement, um, I think is what we want to see in this game when Love is put out there because the rumour is, is that he will be with the ones um, we're looking for well-thrown balls we're looking for good time management uh, we want to see him getting the plays off on time and in rhythm uh, which is very important a lot of people have been talking about his demeanour um, and that's what we want to see in this preseason game more of that calmness under duress good footwork uh, going through his reads and progressions taking command of the huddle uh, also, more importantly, not getting injured because that, again, it's the same every preseason. You put players out there, they get injured, they end their season, 
the coaches are the worst in the world. You don't put them out there. They don't get chemistry. What are you doing? You should have put them out there and you just can't win. But look, if there's any silly errors, you know, bungling throws, uh, consistent inaccuracy where he's just pinging the ball everywhere, bad decision-making, bad clocking game management, if he looks panicky or flustered, if he's happy feet or bad mechanics, um, that's an awful lot more alarming than anything else, I think. Because look at Brett Hundley. I know I mention it all the time, but Brett Hundley was dynamite in preseason every year. Um, so you can look at a good performance and you can overhype that as well. But I think that you would rather, if it's not an unmitigated disaster, uh, well, then it's somewhat of a success. Uh, Nate Peterman comes to mind. Um, second off is that when you look at game strategy, there is one but we sure as hell don't know what it is and it's not going to be joined up. So the game is typically lopsided uh, in the way of the defense because they'll want to blood plenty of the starters out there because they can't tackle during camp. It's pads on, but they can't really touch each other. Um, And you get aggressive young talent out there as well, trying to make a name for themselves on special teams and everything else. Add to that then, because so that, that basically means the defense can pin their ears back. Um, the offense are not going to show their hand with offensive plays. It's all going to be pretty vanilla stuff. And it'll be a varied cast, a hobnob crew of ones and not so ones. Um, so look, the offense and defense, they're not playing a full game plan. They're not attacking and adjusting the other team's game plan. They're just going to go out there and they're going to run different schemes. They're going to run different looks. They'll actually be putting in some plays for particular players. So there's an awful lot of talk this year about two tight end sets for the Packers. And I'll believe it when I see it because there's word of you know, Kraft and Musgrave and one of them being more advanced than the other and they've different skill sets and all this jazz. Um, But it's the likes of that that they'll put plays out there and it, we've heard it all the time with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Some of these plays were not supposed to go near anybody else but Devontae Adams. Um, and that will be the case here. They'll be looking to see, can they get separation or does this scheme kind of work? But in a way that doesn't show their hand. If the Packers are not going to put out video of a of epoxy practice, then they're not going to want to put stuff on tape in preseason that's going to show their hand. Um, the real analysis really comes in when they play the regular season, obviously. When the team is installed, the week's plan, they have their sort of scripted plays at the start of the game. They're game planning for that exact opponent, for that exact opponent's team of starters. Uh, you know, they're game planning where the other team is stronger. So you'll see they'll double team certain players on defense. Um, when there won't really be that kind of... Because you don't know who's in on what kind of play for preseason. Yes, you could have, a, you know, their dynamite number one defensive edge rusher in on one play, but you don't know that. So you're not, you're not going to be putting guys out there and you're going to be rotating guys around. Anyway... So, look, we can judge air starters versus their starters in the regular season and, again, not game one um, because it, we can also lose the run of ourselves there where we do stellar in week one and we go, oh, the team is off to a ripper and then it can decline and then come back up again. So, you know, week one is the worst week on the radio when they ask me for the ACA because who knows? Um, because there's talk I see on ESPN and the news sites that, oh, the NFC's got worse. That means the Packers have got better. Um so look, when we can see the true speed of the game when all of the ones are out there in the regular season, we can judge it uh, and we can judge the team if they're executing the game plan as Matt LaFleur draws it up and also judge whether the game plan in itself was crafted correctly. 
um, you know, and he's obviously going to have to tailor that for the new guys and the new scheme and the youth. And speaking of youth, I mean, we saw sort of other big news of Carlson, our kicker, who's a rookie. Uh, and this is the thing is that you can record a podcast and he's struggling. And you go, oh, this, this is serious stuff. And then he makes a load of kicks and then you're like, oh, okay, false alarm. Um, so what we've seen from him in camp is kind of, you know, up-down stuff. He's been missing some stuff um, against the Bengals. He came out when they did their sort of two-minute offense and he had to try kick a monster kick and it fell short. Um, and then on the flip side, you had Mason Crosby on his Instagram putting up these beautifully kicked kicks <laughs> um, from all different distances. And the speculation is there is, you know, should they bring him back? Now, I always thought Mason Crosby was a lock. Maybe not a lock, but they should have brought him back, in my opinion, uh, just to settle things down a little bit. Um, and then you look at Mercedes Lewis. He's gone and signed with the Bears. So, you know, you see that there is a really concerted effort here by the Packers front office to go young. And it seems to be more of a philosophy. And I, I get it, you know, and even Crosby, when you look at it, he was one of Aaron Rodgers' kind of inner clique. I believe he had him over for Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever one year. Um, so he's part of that sort of old crew. Mercedes Lewis as well was sort of a ride or die uh, with Aaron Rodgers but again these two are super professionals a lot a lot of time for these players fantastic players the Bears have got some stellar talent in Mercedes Lewis you know and you kind of you want to shore up that O-line right uh, but again we've heard stories of Elton Jenkins apart from when he's slapping people around the Bengals practice doing a great job and uh, Jordan Love coming out in interviews and saying that he had all time uh, there with the offensive line and all that so we're going to need our tight ends to get up to speed um, on that kind of stuff as well interestingly Matt LaFleur said it was one of the hardest positions in football apart from the quarterback and you see that right because they have to pick up the blitzes they have to be on their sort of blocking assignments they've got to break up on running lanes and you know they've got to do pass protection they've got to break out into uh, plays themselves and you know it's an awful lot to learn as tight ends and when you have two rookies in there um you know, it, it's tough to look at anyway. Anyway, number three out of four, it will take time. The preseason is just an appetizer to the main meal. And the meal is being cooked by a chef straight out of culinary school. God bless him, Jordan Love. And as well as that, we're seeing Matt LaFleur here doing a job. And the, the genius that is Matt LaFleur and everybody was talking about him and how his game plan is fantastic and all this. And uh, Ben Fennell, on, who does all that analysis on... Uh, the Packers games and all other games, uh, you know, sort of saying, look, oh, the way this was drawn up by LaFleur is just pure magic. So we'll see, can that actually come to fruition here? But the overarching phrase that I hear being used by people not called Adam Shine is that Jordan Love is solid. And we saw that coming out from the Bengals. We had sound bites of their linebacker saying, yeah, look, he's a, he's a good dude. His trolls are great. He's reading stuff. He's quite calm. Uh, but look, he's having ups and downs. There's no doubt about it, according to the beat reporters and the bloggers that are present at practice. Uh, but he's showing a marked improvement in pretty much all of the tangibles and intangibles since he arrived in Green Bay. We see comments on his footwork and his mechanics about them being looked improved. Uh, he seems to have a firm grasp of the offense because when you listen to him doing interviews about the receivers, he's saying, yeah, they're getting out there. They're sort of doing what they should be doing. They're getting space where they should. They're reading the defense, which makes him sound like that's what he is doing. And certainly I haven't heard anything of the contrary. Uh, they're talking about his demeanor. He's calm. He's composed on their center. He's making some pinpoint wow throws now. Whereas, you know, the big thing that we heard about this was 
Um, you know, all those stories about when Rodgers came to sit behind Favre and that he was making all these throws and that, you know, Ted Thompson was going around looking at the scouts going, we got him. Um, and then they were saying, we haven't got that from Jordan Love. We saw him throw and there wasn't one time that we looked at him and went, that could be nice. So apparently that's changing now. And all the reporters are coming out and making a point to say, okay, this is the first time that I've said, wow, and that one was phenomenal. And we've seen some of the stuff from the leaked practice footage courtesy of Big B um, and also the stuff that the Packers are putting out as well. So he's working through his progressions by the look of it. And when we see that uh, play that we put out again, not to refer to it, but we've very little going here, folks, uh, to Romeo Dobbs against the Bengals, um, you can see his eyes pulling the defenders in certain directions. And then he makes that turn and makes that pinpoint throw, which is good. And there's there's rumours from Bengals players that he's making no-look passes as well. But the less said about that, I think, the better. Because we all know Patrick Mahomes invented the no-look pass. Um, so he's completed it. Um, but as I said, look, Aaron Rodgers didn't exactly cover himself in glory on his first season either. And he didn't cover himself in glory in his last year. The year just gone either. Um, so we tend to look at history and memories through rose-tinted glasses instead of see them for what they were. So I just think, look, it will take time and we need to be patient with Jordan Love. Uh, but patience and temperance and all of that stuff isn't a thing nowadays, particularly with social media. Um, lastly is is that, be it a good thing or bad thing, right? Because we hear all of this sort of, oh, the offense stuttered early in practice against. Let's remind ourselves that their defense, and I know they're much maligned and Joe Barry's on the hot seat and they were the problem for everything, according to everybody. Um, there's eight first round picks on the Packers' defense. Can you name them? Uh, so look, what Love is going... What Love... I always get slagged for saying Love instead of Love. So what Love is going up against in practice is ridiculous. And they say steel is forged in fire and he has definitely his work cut out with him, for him with all of this type of jazz. So we see him sort of, you know, going back and forth with J.R. Alexander. Um, from But from what we're hearing in the joint practice, the defense is doing a pretty good job. Now, of course, you could say the the converse to that is that the Bengals defense in that two minute drill was doing a great job but at least Jordan Love got them over the line um, almost a halfway line um, and that could be the, our defense could be doing a great job because Joe Burrow is out with injury um, but to answer the question of our eight, eight first round picks it's Kenny Clark Jair Alexander Rashan Gary Darnell Savage come on you can get it keep going Eric Stokes, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt and Lucas Van Ness, Mr. Hercules himself. So that's only a good thing for the Packers. And Jordan Love's committee remarked himself, it's nice to go against a different defense because when you've scouted the defense and you kind of know where the blitzes are going to come from, um, well then it's not that it's not as challenging because it's not as if it's easy for him. Uh, but certainly, you know, the defense that he's going up against week on week should make him stronger and as long as he's humble enough. But it is refreshing I use that word again apologies um, to see the positivity around the team and I saw one phrase of well we don't know if he's going to be any good Jordan Love but we know that the team would run through walls for him and that certainly seems the case um, and when there was talk of joint practices last year and the years before the only thing that we heard was is how much Rogers hated them and how much the floor was like well we're going to do them anyway and there was kind of this tension in the room about doing them and that it's not worth it and that it was too risky. And now we see a team that's kind of all in for the young guns and they need to pull this stuff out. So to see that positivity around the team is great. And to see the fans adopting it as well, by and large. 
you know, saying that it is what it is. And again, the reminder that Rogers had pretty much said he was going to retire before sometimes makes it easier for people to digest what's gone on because you're kind of like, look, we would have probably been in this position anyway. And yes, we can dig up the old skeletons of because Jordan Love was here. That's probably why you wanted to retire and all that kind of stuff. Um, but look, it is exciting. But the preseason, uh, whether you know, you can read too much in the good play, you can read too much in the bad play. Um, and if you, in fact, if you can get your zone or the season or whatever D A Z N service working, and we've heard absolute horror stories. Let me know if you have actually. Um, because effectively what they've done is is that they've moved Game Pass to DAZN um, and your subscription across and there's stories out there that people cancelled their subscription and were still charged. I've heard stories about people being double charged. Uh, me personally with the account being in Ireland when I went and logged on it said that I couldn't because my account was in a different location which apparently was the UK. So what they were looking for me to do was cancel that account and start a new one in Ireland. Which brings up the question is that the reason they're doing it, I would imagine, is that we all know, and if you're new to it, uh, a, a wee bit of an explainer, is that if the game is on Sky and it isn't a primetime game, by meaning if it's not Monday night football, Sunday night football, or Thursday night football, if it's one on at like six o'clock or nine o'clock in the evening, um, well, then it's going to be blacked out on Game Pass. So the way around that for some people, allegedly, was is that you have a VPN, that you sign in from France and then you can watch the game. Um, and to and in a non-cynical way, if you're traveling and you're going to Spain for on holiday and you want to tune into your Game Pass, which you've paid big money for, and you want to watch the game when you're in Spain, I think what's going to happen is, is that you're going to go to log on to your the DAZN and it's going to say that you're not in the country that your account is in and you're not going to be able to actually get access to Game Pass at all. So it's going to block people using VPNs to get around the blackout. And it's also going to stop people from using it if they travel a lot or in different countries, um, which is a bit of a bummer, to be honest. So I'd love to see what the outcome of that is. I think the only way around it is, is that if you have an address in a different country that isn't blacked out, you're pretty much going to have to have a credit card or some payment card in that country because the VPN now is not going to cut it. But look, if anyone knows any difference uh, to that, do let me know. Look, we have a Discord going on. Uh, you can go on and go to our social media um, or, or search for UK Packers on Discord and you should be able to find it and get in there. We're going to use it as a forum going forward. It's really super handy for that kind of stuff and keeps the long streams off Twitter and Facebook where they can get lost as well. But it is brilliant to be back to have uh, football going on again. We have a March unboxing coming up soon on Patreon. If you want to win a trip, all expenses paid um, to Lambeau Field, well, then you can get yourself in the Lambeau tier. If you want a, tr a place in that draw, plus an opportunity to win some incredible signed merch, which you will be seeing on YouTube, well, then you can get on the gold tier. But look, I've been at NFL. It's great to have you listening. Uh, share it with your friends if you like it. Uh, and tune in to at UK Packers on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, YouTube. Uh, send us an email at info at ukpackers.co.uk with any feedback. Um, and until after the first preseason game, it's go Pack Go.